Alright, hey everyone, uh, I'm sorry, it's been forever since I actually put in an episode, I got lots of excuses, but that's not what you're here for. So, here is your reminder that in this, we curse, we're loud, there's interruptions, I've got pets, we talk controversial shit, but we are always open to discussions, questions, comments, critiques about what we talk about. Alright, this is That Christian Witch. I'm Sophia, if you have forgotten who I am. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about witchcraft. Alright, go get a drink. I'm sitting here happily with my chamomile tea. Coming off night shift, I got a couple more to do. One of these days, I'll make a podcast. Not when I am going on or coming off night shift. But at the moment, got some tea. Alright, getting right into this, if I can find my notes. Mm. So, it's pretty much impossible to throw a rock and not hit someone who thinks that they know all about Christianity and hear their opinions on it, whether it's good or bad. And with all the movies and the shows throughout the years, the same can pretty much be said about witchcraft. So, I guess it could be said that it's not super hard to figure out what Christianity would think about being a witch, right? Right? Well, the problem with that is people only partially listen, partially read, and they form their opinions based off of that. When I was younger, my favorite pastor had said something that to this day sticks with me. He said that, Christianity was the biggest religion in the U.S., but most of the self-proclaimed Christians were water bottle believers. They go on Sunday, they fill their water bottle up with faith, and then throughout the week, they use it up on things only to refill it on Sunday mornings. Splash a little bit of Jesus on this, a little bit on that. If it runs out by Wednesday, they just out of it until next Sunday. But, water bottle believers, favorite thing. Also, on that note, it's kind of sad to say that they're usually the ones that are the loudest about things. So, get to my point, right? What does the Bible say about witchcraft? There's actually a whole bunch of scriptures that talk about it, so I went and looked it all up. But before we go into this, we are going to say, say we like I'm here with someone, I guess I'm here with my dogs, but I am going to say, these are my views on how things are interpreted. I am not a scholar. I did not go to ministry school. Ministry school? I want to say this. I don't know. I did not go to Bible school. Don't just believe it because that's how I see it. Look it up. Read it yourself. Make your own conclusion. I'm going to apologize in advance, especially after my previous podcast about how much the Bible has changed, but I have a King James Bible. So some of the words I quote are going to be interesting. I've had the same Bible since like third grade. So probably it's time for me to get a new one. But it's the one I got. So what we're going to do is look up a few of the verses that get thrown around a lot about this and that. And I'm going to explain why, again, to me, they don't hold any power over my beliefs. Now... No, this is going to come up. There's going to be verses that I miss. Okay? This isn't me trying to skip over them or avoid them because I don't have an answer for them. Guys, I don't have an answer for a lot of things. 
but it's not anything along those lines. It's just going to be me missing them. Okay, there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. Yes, I looked it up so I could quote that. Um, And I haven't read the Bible, guys. Like, I've read the Bible, but I haven't read all of them. I'm humans. Shit happens. Alright, first verse. Oh, come on, guys. There we go. That's what happens when you have your notes on your phone. Alright, first verse. We've got Exodus chapter 22, verse 18 through 20. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely, surely be put to death. He that sacrifice unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. First of all, before we get into anything, we are going to point out this is in the way beginning of the Bible, folks. Exodus beginning. Same area where we're talking about if you sleep with a virgin, then you best be making her your wife. And if daddy says no, then you have to pay the dowry of virgins. Like way, way the beginning. All right, got that out of the way. It's still here. We're still going to talk about it because it has worth. It made it there. It survived generations. It's got worth. All right. Another way that the Bible is described, uh, the Bible describes the devil, there we go, is a beast, right? The mark of the beast. So when I read this, the way I see it is whosoever lieth with the devil will be put to death, which... We kind of already foretold with the whole Adam and Eve thing. If you eat this fruit, you will die. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. And the next part says, anyone who sacrifices to any god except for the true god shall be destroyed. This doesn't hold any fear for me. Um, it holds true pretty much throughout the whole Bible. It's said over and over and over again that while our God is just and forgiving, he is jealous and he won't be sharing his children with any false wannabes. Now, I'm not going to begin to make assumptions about anyone else's practices, but in my own personal practice, these verses don't have any hold on my heart. There's no fear for me. Because I'm not siding with the devil. I'm not laying with him in any way. I don't believe in any god except for one god. And he's the only one I would give sacrifices to. Now, my sacrifices are different than the ones in mine when this was written. More along the lines of giving up time, giving up booze, chocolate, something like that. But it still stands that it's only given up for the one god, my god, um, and no other, no false gods, no, no wannabes. All right. I got a couple from Leviticus over here. Leviticus? Leviticus. We got Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verse 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them, I am the Lord your God. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 6. And the soul that turneth after such as having familiar spirits and after wizards to go a whoring after them, I will even set my face 
against that soul and will cut him off from amongst his people. And Leviticus chapter 20 again, verse 26 and 27. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have served you from other people, that ye should be mine. A man also, or woman, that hath a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. So in this we... Oof, this is what happens when my stuff goes together. Um, blood shall be upon them. Alright. So I got three verses here, and... In this, we've got God talking to Moses, explaining that shit's going to need to be done differently. Alright, we all know how good God's people were at listening to him. Yeah, they were super great at it. Listening to the rules, avoiding temptations. This was like prime time, we listened to God time, right? No. They were shit at it, guys. They were coming out of Egypt, and the idols were a thing, and become part of everyone's everyday life there. So he pretty much had to spell some shit out for them. Pharaoh sought counsel from magic men and wizards to help them make choices. This isn't just a Bible thing. This is like a factual thing. Um, and most of the time, they were con men. And from a spiritual perspective, some of them were hopes for demonic presence to keep God's people oppressed. So, when he says, don't be hoeing around with these wizards, he means it. Because they're either a con man or some kind of demonic presence trying to come in on his people. So, don't hoe around with them. They're bad shit. Another thing that's repeated over and over again is the talk about familiar spirits. Now, anyone who knows me on a personal level will know that I've got a thing for bones. And it freaks people out. But hey, I like them. And I like knowing that I can give an animal some respect after its death. Now, that being said, it's way different from having a familiar spirit. I don't fuck with that shit. In fact, okay, like, in mixed circles, I socialize, and anytime that someone wants to refer to my pets as my familiars, I'm real quick to correct them that they're my babies, they're my family, they're my kids, they're not my familiars, okay? Different. Fucking with spirits gets dicey, and I am not God, so I don't want to deal with that shit. What's dead can stay dead. They can stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. I like bones. I think they're pretty. I like to know what happened in the past with those bones, if I can think about it. I like to honor them. I like to have them around the house. But I don't fuck with their spirits. Their spirits are dead. They stay dead. Now, acknowledging that there are spirits out there is one thing. I pay my respects and I'm respectful, but inviting a spirit into your space with the intent to tie it to you, which is what familiar is, it is finding a spirit, it is usually an animal spirit, and it is inviting it into your space, into your aura, for lack of better words, but into you and tying it to you. And it's some... Lex Neville, that next next level, toe the line of shit that will never be a part of my practice. Which is, again, why these verses aren't super worrying to me. I know who I belong to, and it's God. I'm faithful to him, him alone. I don't fuck with spirits. Like, I'm not 
looking for demonic con men, nothing like that. And to me, that's what these verses are warning against. Um, if you heard the sigh in the background, that is my dramatic child, Maverick. Oh, not to be outdone by the dramatic child, Roxy. Um, next verse, we've got Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. There shall not be found amongst you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. From all that do these things are for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God for these nations, which thou shalt possess. Oh, he words, uh, which thou shalt possess. Hearkened unto observers of time and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. Guys, I've been up way too long for some of these words. So, strong, strong words being thrown around there. You heard me stumble over a couple of them. So let's get to it. First of all, yeah, not. I'm going to pass on the fire walking thing. Good. Like, I, I get enough burns while I'm cooking. And I'm sure there's some history there that probably has something to do with why witches were burned. But I I don't know. I'm going to pass on it. I probably should have done some more research on that one. But don't don't make your kids walk through fire. And don't go walking through fire. Just pass. Now, divination is a word that's thrown around a lot in witchcraft, and thank you, TikTok. Uh, I bet that a lot of the people using it don't actually know what it means. So, divination means the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. So, as someone who does in fact use tarot and oracle cards, this becomes a touchy subject that people like to gloss over. But, nope, we talk about shit here. I got you. So, where I see this separating from how I use my practice and seeking future knowledge is I don't ask for future knowledge in a way that this is said. And when I do, it's... When I do a spread, I'm not reaching out to my spirit guides or the universe or anything supernatural. I'm asking God. It's how I speak to him. It's my tool. The cards are my tool to speak to him in a way that I understand. All right? I am not I'm not one of those people that like hears a voice or nudge or things like that. Anything that I can touch. So when I do the spread, it's the same as some people sitting there talking or asking God questions. That's how I use my cards. All right. Next big old word we've got in total confession. 
I had to look up what in the hell an observer of time was. I'm over here like guy who looks at the calendar, someone who watches the sun pass. The fuck is this? Turns out it's someone who looks for omens and lives their lives based on them. Kind of like people who see the world ending shit and says that it's going to happen in Revelation all the time. Like that. Or for anyone who doesn't know anyone like that, and if you do, I'm very impressed with that. Think uh, fantasy books. If you've seen or read the Hobbit books, it's kind of like when they saw the signs of the birds returning to the mountain, and that's how they knew. They just had to go on a quest and have everyone die. Um, so, I have a hard enough time remembering what day it is, much less remembering what omens, omens to look for. But, uh, for all my babies out there that do look for signs, remember to look for the ones that God sends. There's nothing wrong with looking for the signs that God sends. He sends us signs. Just make sure that you're not falling for ones in disguise. Trust your gut, guys. Like, you know the difference. And if you don't, take a second before you act on it, pray. Ask him. Be like, wait, yo, is this the one you were talking about? Or am I just being impatient and I really want it to be? Alright. Now, we are going to get into more exact names that tend to make the religious people out there feel like they've got a leg to stand on. Enchanter, witch, and charmer. These are no-nos, right? But isn't that what this whole podcast is about? That it's not a no-no? Well, this is where personal research, personal feeling, personal practice, and personal interpretation are going to come in. To me, all these labels... Brain, come back to me. Where was I? Notes. Found them. Okay. To me. All these labels, and in the setting that they're being used in, have one thing in common. Intent. Someone's looking to charm, or to enchant, or to bewitch someone. That person is looking to manipulate them for personal gain. And that's not what God has intended to for us. That isn't why he made us. That's not why he gave us our gifts. And not just talking like witchy, oh, he gave us our gifts. Guys, any pastor out there will say that God gives people gifts and he doesn't give them that to manipulate people. He gives you a gift to serve him. And I can comfortably say that I can move past all of these labels and still feel comfortable because of the belief that the intent behind my words, my belief in what I'm doing, when I use them to describe myself, is nothing like what's behind them being used in this verse, or these verses. This verse, I think it was only in one. Granted, I'm not out there calling myself an enchanter, but it's kind of cool. Makes me feel like a cartoon. I should be in, like, all green outfit. Um, but my intent behind them is not to manipulate someone. It's to use the gifts that I was given to further God's purpose. Okay. We already talked about familiars and wizards, so we're just going to toss necromancy in with the don't fucks with spirits that we talked about, I guess, two verses ago. Um, but we're going to say with people instead of animals, really don't fuck with people's spirits, guys. Like, so much no there. Um, so yeah, trying 
to know better than God and see the future. Super big no-no, guys. Just no, don't do it. You don't know better. Don't see the future. I don't even want to see what's happening right now. Don't go looking into the future. Don't know better than God. Don't do it. Don't use his gifts for personal gain. Don't try to manipulate people. It's not why he gave them to you. All right. All right. This next one. Oh, God, I forgot how long it was. Okay. We're going to stumble over some shit here, and y'all can mentally mock me, but... We got Isaiah chapter 47, verses 8 through 14. Therefore, hear now this, thou that art given to pleasure, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children, but these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day, the loss of children and widowhood, they shall come unto thee in perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me, thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath prevented thee, and thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee, and thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and, and desolation shall come unto thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be thou shalt be able to profit, if so be thou mayest prevail. Thou, shalt, thou art wearied in the multitude of thine counsel. Now... Uh, let now the astrologers, uh, the stargazers, and the monthly protag- prognosticators, whoa, that's a word, uh, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Behold, that they shall be as stubble, the fire shall burn them, they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be cold to warm had nor fire to sit before it. Fuck. That was a lot of words. There was a lot of stumbling. Guys, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Anyone else kind of feel like they just got cussed out in Old English? Because <laughs> I was reading it and that's kind of how I felt. Nope. Just me. Alright. Anyway. Despite that being the longest passage I've got for us today, it's going to be one of the shorter ones to hopefully ease some worries about. And if you got someone standing there quoting this whole fucking thing at you, just walk away. Because if they've got that much breath and that much shit, they're not going to hear anything you have to say. Now, 
cycling back to the last one where I talked about enchantment being bad because of intent, same thing here with sorcery. Think genie versus Jafar. Both could do the same thing. Jafar did it for bad and manipulated people in the process. Genie did it for good and helped people in the process. So what we got here was sorcery. All back to intent. Uh, when they talk about astrologers and stargazers, that's that's not... How am I going to put this? Okay. We got to clarify that those are being referred to... When this passage is referring to those, they are referring to people who had their... Words. It's not how we see astrology now. Okay, it's not saying that anyone who looks into astrology and is like, oh, hey, like that story makes sense like oh look I'm I've got all these Scorpio characteristics as being like oh yeah you know your your knowledge and wisdom is all perverted and you're gonna burn no it's not saying that those traits are bad that looking at the stars that or seeing stories in the stars that reading the stars are bad it's saying that uh when you take those gifts and you let them be perverted and take on their own power, a power that's not God's, that's the problem. When you look to the stars instead of looking to the heavens, that's the best way to put that. When you look to the stars and not to the heavens for answers, that's when you have a problem. <laughs> All right, we're done with the Old Testament over here. Uh, over here in the New Testament. Uh, let's see what we've got to say here, right? Starting off with Acts. Alright. Alright. Acts 8, um, verse 9 through 13. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Sanaria, Sanaria, I'm sorry guys, uh, given out that himself was some greater one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God, and to him they had regarded because that time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed, Philip preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, and wandered, beholding the miracles and signs that which were done. So, um, you're saying this dude that claimed to be a god was still forgiven and baptized and it's all cool? This, this isn't a warning to me against anything except for watching your place. Know that any power you have is through God and in his name for it. Don't 
go claiming to be God. And if you do, stand a lightning bolt away from me. Um. Alright, next New Testament verse I got is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of the devils. This one's pretty self-explanatory to me, but it's one that I've had thrown at me. So, God's not something you dabble in, guys. He is a full mind, body, and soul commitment. When you say yes to him, that means you say no to any other God out there. Choosing to sit at the Lord's table is a personal choice, one I made when I was too young to understand, and then I made it again when I was old enough to understand. When I do things, I do it in praise of him, for him. I know where my loyalties are, and I keep them there. Being a Christian witch, there are more opportunities for temptation than any other like Christian. There are more ways for us to go astray. But keep strong and keep focused on your faith and look to God anytime things start to get muddled or gray because it's the only way to avoid falling into a temptation. <coughs> I'm over here losing my voice and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm getting to the end, I promise. Uh, what is this one? This is Gal- Galatians? Gal- Galatians? Wow, here's a book that I've never even heard of before my notes. Guys, <laughs> I really need to read more. Uh, chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whosoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The... Yeah. You reap what you sow, guys. This is the literal ever-quoted you reap what you sow verse. And I can't even pronounce the book that it's from. And it's true. You do. So watch what you sow. And this isn't just like witchy perspective. Watch your shit in your life. And really watch your shit in your practice. If you tamper with shit and you sow it into your roots, then shit's gonna come out. Alright. Third John chapter 1, verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Alright, we're back to pretty straightforward. At least the New Testament is more straightforward than the Old. But, uh, follow God. Don't get tempted by the easy way just because you have better access to it than most. God gives us gifts. Those are given to us with the intent to do good in his name. He guides us if you let him. He'll show you what he wants. Don't try to take the easy way. It doesn't work. Rabbit in the hair. Rabbit in the hair. Rabbit in the turtle. Tortoise in the hair. Um... And the last one I got for you is everyone's favorite book. This book terrifies the shit out of me, guys. Revelations, chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the adulterers 
and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Alright, cycling back to sorcery. I feel the same way about it now as I did a little bit ago. And honestly, in this entire verse, what scares me more than anything else, and it talks about liars. I don't know about you all, but I've lied more than once, and uh, I don't know anyone that hasn't. So, yeah, I think that verse should hold some fear for pretty much everyone on this earth. Hmm. Alright, so, we have managed to get through all of the verses that I found that I at least have written down in my notes. You know, brain hurt, like mine does, and I went through and made all the notes. Bottom line here, you know how much I love to try to sum it all up for information overdose, sum it up at the end. Bottom line is people are going to throw these verses at you, other verses at you, try to diminish what you believe. I'm not there. I can't hold your hand. I can't defend you. I genuinely wish I could. And if I am there and I see it happening, you might not know me. I promise you I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand next to you because there's nothing that grinds my gears more than people belittling and bullying just because they can. All right. But... There isn't a single spot in any of this that says we are evil, okay? That, that, that is, if you get nothing out of this, that, I want you to remember that. There's not a single spot in the Bible that says what we are doing is evil. There's not a single spot that says what we are doing or what we believe is the devil's work. It warns us over and over and over and over again that it has so much potential to be that it is giving us easier access to sway. Alright, that taking that step, leaning into our faith and trusting God, that is how we hold on to things. That's how God holds on to us. God gave us our gift to be used, all right? We got to trust him. We got to hold on to him. If we hold on to him, he'll hold on to us. Even when we let go of him, he's still holding on to us, right? He's given us our gift because we are strong enough to use it. We're strong enough to hold on to him. God doesn't give you something that you can't handle, right? So he's given it to us, and he wants us to use it to its fullest potential. But part of that is knowing there's going to be sketchy-ass temptations out there. But he's given us a gift knowing the temptations out there because he knows that whoever he's given this gift to has the strength to resist the temptation and he'll give a different gift with different temptations that we would fall victim to to someone else all right do your research babies look into these verses read the chapters surrounding them i don't have all the answers i truly wish that i could 
have them all, that I could give them all to you, that I could be by your side when all those assholes are gonna throw shit out at you, like, throw words, just make you feel like shit, but I, I don't. Research is your best friend, right? Best, best friend. The more you know, the more you can defend yourself, but also try to remember as you do your research, as you do your research, uh, there's also some verses about sex on your period being punishable by death for both parties and about marking skin being a sin and yet those are allowed now. Okay. So times change. The words are still there, but everything in the Bible needs to be read with the context of the time it was written. Right? Even the most hardcore Bible thumpers will all agree with me there. Right? You can't go around saying that everything in the Bible needs to be taken word for word for word for word. Okay? You gotta look at the context and the time period they were written at. Words have power. Words have meaning. Words also change their meaning over the time throughout the years alright I'm done guys I hope this wasn't just a bunch of rambling and that someone out there actually gets something out of this and I know I've gone way gone on way longer than normal Um, I love you all I'll see you next time there, we do have a Facebook group, like, I don't post on it very often, I'll try to get better about this, it's called That Christian Witch, feel free to get on there, message me, we'll talk, um, that's all I got, love you babies, bye.